My name is Elizabeth Granado, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief at the Xavierite, and I'll be conducting the interview today. Terrific. So let's just jump right in. So your website says that you will stand against Donald Trump's attacks on DREAMers and fight for a permanent legislative solution for DACA recipients to stay in this country and pursue the American dream. What can you do or bring about to help protect the DREAMers to fight against the very real threat that the DACA program will be removed? Well, the first thing that I can do as governor is to make sure that we're lobbying our federal officials like Senator Dick Durbin, Senator Tammy Duckworth, the uh, 18 congresspeople that represent us from the state of Illinois to stand up in Washington against Donald Trump and for our dreamers. The second thing is that we've got to make sure we're protecting dreamers here in the state of Illinois. We can do that by first enforcing the Trust Act, um, which protects undocumented immigrants in the state from the state turning over their information to the federal government and making sure that our officials here in the state are not uh, leading the federal government to the doors of our immigrants. Uh, second, we need to make sure that we're standing up for immigrant families, both documented and undocumented, who are under threat by Donald Trump. Um, we, of course, have the opportunity to expand coverage of the Trust Act to other areas which haven't been included in the Trust Act up to now um, and that I have said that I would work hard for. For example, we need to make sure that we pass the provision of the Trust Act that would protect those who might be subject to a federal registry. You may have heard of the Muslim registry that Donald Trump wanted to implement. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's something that I find abhorrent, and I think most people in the state of Illinois do too. And there was originally a provision of the Trust Act in Illinois that would have protected people in Illinois from those registries that we would have refused to participate. However, that didn't get passed. So I'm going to work hard to get it passed. And I want to assure you that if even if we don't get it passed as governor of the state, if the president implements a Muslim registry, I will encourage every resident of the state of Illinois, no matter what their religion, and I'll be first in line, to go register as a Muslim. Mm -hmm. And then my next question is, we all know that the financial stability of the state is not very good at the moment. How exactly do you plan on addressing the after effects of the budget crisis? Well, as you know, we lived for 736 days of Bruce Rauner without a budget because Bruce Rauner was unwilling to sit down and hammer one out with his counterparts in the legislature. Mm -hmm. That's something that if we get rid of Bruce Rauner, that I'll change, because I believe that it's the job of the governor to get a budget, even if you have to sit down with people you don't like or don't agree with, because you're there to serve the people of Illinois. And they're not served well when you don't have a budget. Look at what happened. Many of the human services that people rely upon in neighborhoods all across Chicago and all across Cook County and the state of Illinois were cut, were closed down, in fact. Many of the social service agencies stopped functioning and people working there were let go. 
So if you needed substance abuse treatment or you needed mental health treatment or you needed a homeless shelter, in many cases you couldn't find it anymore because of the failure of Bruce Rauner to pass a budget. So first, we have to be responsible about getting a budget passed. Second, we have to actually have a balanced budget. It's a requirement of the Constitution of the state of Illinois that the governor introduce a balanced budget, and not once in Bruce Rauner's four years or four times producing a budget uh, has he actually introduced the constitutionally required balanced budget. So we need to do that. But we also need to make sure that we're recognizing the elements of what it is to have a balanced budget. We need to not only look at expenditures and revenues, but also at growth, because we haven't had any job growth in the state of Illinois. Economic growth has been anemic. And when you've got job growth and economic growth, you can raise revenue in the state um, without having to raise taxes. So that'll be an important element of my plan for balancing the budget. And then, of course, we need a progressive income tax. A progressive income tax will allow us to protect the middle class and those striving to get there, in fact, to lower their overall tax burden by lowering property taxes and raising the state's share of education funding which is very important because we need to make sure that every child in the state of Illinois, no matter the color of their skin or their parents' income level, gets a quality education. A progressive income tax will allow us to get there and protect those who've been most burdened by taxes, the middle class and those striving to get there. Um, and then my next question is, one of your ways to combat gun violence is by taking a public health approach and treating it as a public health epidemic. Can you explain a little bit exactly what that means and how you plan to implement that? Sure. So first of all, it's a different approach than the traditional one in that the idea is just like a disease, you want to interrupt the disease, you want to treat the disease, and essentially you want to cure a community. And, uh, and so that requires us to treat it not as simply a law enforcement issue, but uh, making sure that we're interrupting it on the streets. So there are programs like Ceasefire, which is a program that sends people into the streets to work with those mostly young men uh, who are, you know, who have weapons um, and who might otherwise be committing a crime to work with them to try to help them avoid getting involved in gangs, avoid getting involved in um, violent crime. Um, that's been very, very effective, ceasefire, and it's something that I think the state needs to uh, make sure that we fund. You know, uh, gun violence in many ways is an epidemic, um, and in order to treat that epidemic, we have to, you know, focus on prevention and intervention wherever we can by investing in programs like ceasefire. We gotta restore funding for community organizations and human services. The best way to avoid gun violence uh, on the streets of not just Chicago, but all across the state, because people forget that there's a gun violence problem in Rockford and in Peoria and in Carbondale. Um, the best way to, 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 to deal with that is to make sure that we're putting back the human services, those last vestiges of connection that many people have to society. 
if we make sure to put them back, then people will avoid gun violence. But if we don't, people lose hope. And frankly, it's much easier for them to fall prey to the, you know, addiction of gun violence and to the, um, you know, to the, the fact that we have too many illegal guns on the streets. Um, and then my next question is, as a college student, how would you make a college education more affordable for students? Well, my goodness, under Bruce Rauner, almost 72,000 fewer students go to school in the state of Illinois, and that's because he was unwilling to fund the scholarship grants that kids rely upon. He was unwilling to fund programs that uh, our students are looking to attend at our universities. And now, of course, he would like to consolidate universities and close some of them down. I think that's precisely the wrong way to go. I Personally, I believe that anybody who cannot afford a college education should get a free college education, and we need to make sure that we're providing access to a good quality education so that kids don't end up strapped with debt for the rest of their lives. I also want to help people refinance their college loans, which I think we can do using state resources. And then finally, I think it's very important for us to focus on the faculty in maintaining the programs that are so important for our universities, who, which are some of the best universities in the nation. And then um, you kind of touched on grants and all of that in your answer, but we have a good number of students here at St. Xavier that depend on the MAP grant. So like, mm -hmm. how would you work to improve or defend that? Well, remember what happened when Bruce Rauner was unwilling to reach a budget compromise Many students were afraid that they wouldn't receive their MAP grants and had to make decisions about whether to take the chance that they will get their MAP grant or instead to choose to simply leave the state of Illinois. So we need to make sure that we're uh, providing not just the MAP grant funding but some visibility into the four years of a college education and the availability of MAP grants throughout. Now, like I said, though, I think that we should make college free for those who can't afford to go to college, and we've got to make sure that we're investing in our universities because, honestly, the most important resource of the state of Illinois is our people and our educated, dedicated workforce. That's why people want to invest in Illinois when they do, and it's why people create jobs here. It's because we've got the best educated, most dedicated workforce in the nation. Um, and look at why would Amazon look to Illinois to move here? Because Chicago is the second largest college town in America. And that's an important attractor, as is the high level of education of many of our residents. Okay. And then my final question for you is, you were endorsed by the Chicago Sun-Times. So how does that feel? Well, I am so thrilled to have the endorsement of the Chicago Sun-Times. I think one of the things that they paid close attention to is that I'm the only candidate in this race that's thinking about the future and job creation and the economy of the state of Illinois, investing not just in the uh, job creation capability of our state, um, but also in making sure that our labor unions are strong here so that we raise wages in the state, that in the course of raising wages, 
by raising the minimum wage, we also can create jobs. Because as I say, there's a false choice that many people make uh, in other states, and frankly, our governor is making, that somehow you, if you have higher wages, you can't create jobs. In my view, in fact, those things go together, that if you've got an educated, dedicated workforce, people want to pay your workforce more, and they want to come to your state, they want to create jobs. And it isn't all about the, the tax rate necessarily. It isn't all about the, the workplace, um, you know, lowering the cost of, of workplace safety, which is what Bruce Rauner wants to do. Um, but instead, it's really all about the level of talent that a state has available to new businesses and to businesses that are looking to move. So I, I know the Sun-Times recognized many of those things about my background, the fact that I founded 1871, that I've helped to create thousands and thousands of jobs in Illinois. And I'm, I'm proud of my record, and I was thrilled to see the Sun-Times recognize that.